This is the Greenhouse Podcast. We share thoughts and practical tips on career and life so you can grow. I'm your host, Steve Perkins, and on today's podcast, we're talking about the 10 things that will help you be a person people love to talk to. Does the number 10 overwhelm you? (laughs) (laughs) It's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh my gosh, do I have to remember all 10 things? At the beginning of any conversation, I'm going to pull out my note card below the table. (laughs) Actually, two note cards. One, I covered one. Two, okay, so let me be clear that I have 10 short, quick, concise, boom, thought things that I was thinking about. And the bottom line is, it's going to be one or two for you. I just kind of wanted to kind of open people's minds to be thinking about which one is you. It's really just, it, it took a long list to <laughs> encompass all the things that are true about Sunday. Because really, we're That's just right. talking about how to be more like Sunday, Markor. And, and this 10 doesn't capture it. No, so. I could have gone to 20, 25. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me tell you where this spurred on from. So we were the other day as a team, we were talking about how many people love oh, the podcast. How do you talk about yourself? Everyone needs help with it, right? So we were talking about as a team how people love the framework and structure because people struggle with sometimes just the question, tell me what you do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, like we've had it, we've even done that topic before. Yeah. Like People tell me what they do for a living and I go, uh-huh, uh-huh, and I'm bored instantly or or I'm intrigued, right? Yeah. There's so many little nuances to a quick conversation that either... And the reality is most of us are knowledge workers, which I call generalists. So it's like the reality is a lot of people, you can't explain it. Unless you've thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. Unless you put some thought to it. Right. Because it comes out like a big mush mm-hmm. if you if you haven't. So this is kind of where and then I started to think about, and then I started to get introspective. <laughs> and I was thinking this question, Steve, why do you walk away from some conversations? And I know you and I have talked about this, where you feel energized and you're like, I freaking loved that conversation. Or negatively. You walk away from a conversation and you're like, the life just got sucked out of me. Right. I mean, how many times have you come into the office and been like, I just had the best conversation. Right. Yeah. And so there's components to that, that I would just like to break down because guess what? This does not come natural to all people. And it didn't even come natural to me when I was young. There was some natural components and there were some components that I've strategically like learned. Yeah. Well, you're making me picture um, <laughs> some specific people are coming to mind. Sorry, people in my mind. But uh, <laughs> it, what can happen is if you are not being a person people like to talk to, you feel that, right? Because there are a you lot too. of there are a lot of um, mm-hmm. kind of invisible dynamics happening that make it feel that way. And so then you try harder <sighs> to grab their attention or get it back. Mm-hmm. Not every time, but I'm I'm thinking of a few experiences recently where then they tried harder and harder and that made it worse mm-hmm. and worse. Mm-hmm. And so I think what would help is understanding the dynamics at play. Yep. You are you right. Maybe change when you start trying too hard, it is absolutely noticeable. So this is going to be a quick answer for you. I have two questions for you. I want to know when you think of a life-giving conversation, a conversation you enjoy, what is one attribute that just instantly comes to your mind that 
is a positive thing? One thing is like ideas and thoughts. Okay. I like when someone kind of shares their thoughts or perspective on something, mm. uh, which I guess is kind of like depth. Mm. I like when there's some depth. I don't like when people are really distracted. That drives me nuts. And it seems to be happening more and more. Yeah. <laughs> We're just saying, you know, we have little kids, like little kid life. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, well, that was going to be my other question was the, the opposite. Okay. So there you go. You there you go. There's right. my, there's my negative. And uh, we, and we do make impressions very quickly. Uh-huh. Right. So. Also when someone takes an interest, I guess, when they ask a question of you or when there's a little back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I guess when there's, when there's interest. Yeah, when there's interest yeah. in something other than just themselves. When <laughs> <laughs> you say that, I mean that is the I truth. like when people just really focus on me well, and just me. I think that the point is the balance between yeah. themselves. It's like ping pong. I guess. There's some back and yeah, forth. Absolutely. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like when <clears throat> I think when somebody talks about what they're interested in, you can't help but be drawn in, mm-hmm. like. Some people kind of hide their passions. I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you interested? Tell me what mm-hmm. you're thinking. I don't care about the weather. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me what you're, what have you been listening to? What have you been like thinking about? Mm-hmm. That's something that draws me in. And that's sometimes on us because it's about asking good questions there too, because sometimes we just stick to how are you mm-hmm. and people just say good. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> right? Cool. Me too. Yeah. So let's <laughs> dig into, I, I love that. We do have things and I have things as well, but okay. I'll highlight my favorites when when we go through our 10 and we'll just kind of make these kind of poppies. So number one is a person that people love to talk to are people who are clear and concise. So it's not muddy. They're clear and concise, whatever it is. Uh, what do you do for a living? Um, what did you do this weekend? And I'm going to give you an example on that one. What did you do this weekend? Has this ever happened to you? Well, um, yeah, uh, uh, already. How do you feel? Yeah. <laughs> Lost, gone. And, um, this weekend, <laughs> some friends of mine, uh, Rachel, Jacqueline, and uh, well, actually, Jacqueline didn't go. She she was going to go actually, but she called and she <laughs> she changed her mind. I was really looking forward to her coming, but she she couldn't anyways. It wasn't Jacqueline. It was more. But, but see what I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. So so uh-huh. I I'm getting way caught up in the weeds. So. Being clear and concise and not saying, so then we got in the car and we, we were at this red light and, you know, there, there was this red light and it took like entire, ugh. but have you ever done this? Have you talked oh, to people? I'm yeah. I'm so guilty of this because my <laughs> mind pings around and I've really had to work on trying to get to the bottom line because my, my brain doesn't work that way. Right. But when you explain like all this roundabout and context, people are lost. I have a friend I realized recently and I wrote it down and I've been practicing it. I just noticed what he naturally does the way he communicates. I was like, this is why he's such a good communicator because he starts with the point, the bottom line. Mm -hmm. He goes, so the thing is you have to be clear and concise and here's why. Mm -hmm. And then he explains all the other stuff, Mm -hmm. but he's like, he grabbed me with the, give me the clear point. Mm -hmm. So an example of the weekend could be, I had an amazing weekend because I gathered with three of my closest friends like now you got me yeah right. even, even though we're pretending i'm yes i'm way more engaged right now <laughs> <laughs> tell me why but yeah that's interesting so and by the way i wrote that as number one because i think it's the one that i find the most 
difficult for a majority of people getting to the point being clear and concise. So I just like that is number one to be people do it publicly one-on-one try to think, how can I just get the words out of my mouth that are necessarily and, and be quiet? Yeah. Okay. Oh. So that's number one. Okay. Number two is actually a little tough one. Cause it's called, uh, I'm going to say cultivate confidence, but again, Confidence feels very vague to people. Mm-hmm. So I broke down two things. I wrote down two things that I felt people could focus on here because I think I've even done a podcast on what does confidence look like. But do you enjoy a sense of confidence with people? Yes. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. You can, you're kind of drawn to people who have a sense of confidence in their conversation. Absolutely. Right? Yep. So the two things that really cultivate confidence is good eye contact and an interesting voice. So just all I'm going to say to the listener is notice, notice other people. What do they do with their eyes? When do you feel most connected? What do you like or dislike that people do with their voice? Do they go too fast? Do they interest you? Are they monotone? Did they stay down here? Did they do that the whole time? And then you're not interested in all what they had to say. So think about what can I do to add some variety? And the bottom line with the eyes is walk away from a conversation saying his eyes are, well, yours are blue green. Yes. Blue. Right. <laughs> so are mine. Mine uh-huh. are more green. You should know the color of a person's eyes when That's you walk away. That's a good trick. Away. That's a good one. Then you really looked at them. Because you've ever just like not really looked at a human being? Or I noticed the other day, I think this is just getting more common in our culture. I was talking to this person who kept asking me questions and they really clearly wanted to know some of these things. And I'm answering and halfway through my answer, their eyes dart away. Like, yeah. do you want to know it or not? <laughs> what are you doing? It feels very confusing. People are very distracted. It's mm-hmm. it's scary to me. Mm-hmm. Very distracted. It's like, wow, no wonder people pay for coaching because I sit there and look at you for an hour. <laughs> it's like, jeez, people. A little sensitive here. A little right? bit of a soapbox. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just look at someone for an entire sentence. Try to do that and notice if you're, if you're just really trying to look away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> takes practice, by the way. Yeah. takes practice. By the way, we don't also don't stare a human being down. <laughs> like I'm doing to you right now. Right. I'm trying to get the color, right. but you're squinting what? too I much. I know, glasses. Excuse me, stop, So stop, if I'm talking stop. to a human being with eyes? sunglasses, do I tell them, could you lift your sunglasses, please? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that is a pet peeve. People that keep their sunglasses on in close proximity, I can't <laughs> take them off. Right. Okay, so next one. Listen. But just show you're listening. Obviously, people we like to talk to are good listeners as well. I mean, you feel it. We walk away and we're like, I love the way I felt heard. So A, be a good listener. But B, show that you are a good listener. So that means nod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Let a person feel affirmed while they're talking because there is nothing worse than feeling like you're talking and then you're like, are you even, have I, have I gone to, are we, are we, you know? Yeah. Or if I want to get out of a conversation, I just can be a really bad listener. You can be a bad listener. Yeah. Because that person will be like, you know what? Never. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to. So that one comes naturally to people or it doesn't. So listen, but show you're also listening. Number four, make complex Topics simple. So this is about complexity. It's very simple to be clear and concise, but this one is about explaining complex things. There are, you like depth, right? But not everyone likes depth, right? So if you're explaining a complex topic, 
make sure you know who you're talking to and know how to simplify that very complex topic in a way that a person actually understands. And if you struggle with it like me, just make a list of three <laughs> things randomly. <laughs> I think you I, know, Sunday, my weekend was about community and food and connection. And then be quiet. You're like, wow. And I won't feel as though that was scripted at all. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. I don't know. I just made up those words. But right. So the, the, the example that comes to my mind is when I ask a client sometimes the complexity of their job maybe they've i think maybe i mentioned one time i had someone who worked in like the space element and he went on for a very long time he was brilliant but i had no idea i had no idea but he also didn't notice that i had no idea (laughs) he just kept going yeah and it was super super complex and he didn't simplify it in a way that made the everyday conversation something that was catchy yeah so Yeah. And this is one I've always struggled with. And I don't know, I don't know that I've picked up, you know, some perfect trick, but one of them is using questions, you know, like explain a little bit and then stop yourself. And I'll be like, what do you think about that? And Mm -hmm. then that helps me to see what part of it they were interested in Mm -hmm. versus like going around. And when I'm saying making any sense, you know, even just gauging, you know, right there. Right. Making any sense yet, you know. Yeah. Like those checkpoints kind Mm of. Uh huh. Mm hmm. That one's a really important one. The next one is empathy. So some people naturally feel empathy uh, too much sometimes, right? Which is beautiful because people really feel deeply. But some people actually really struggle struggle feeling empathy at all. But a theme that absolutely comes across in people who love to talk to people is when they feel a sense of empathy from a human being, which usually means that if Joe and I are having a conversation and we're just trucking along in everyday conversation and he says something different that was a bit, you know, more on the feeling side, like actually it was a little bit of a difficult weekend and I blow right past that, it's not really showing empathy in my conversation. Mm -hmm. So stop for a minute and say, oh, what was, what was difficult about, about your weekend actually? What made that such a hard weekend? So Showing empathy in your words, your face, and pausing and not blowing past things when people say Gosh, it. that one feels very important. It does. Even in action, like when you're walking, do you feel like that even sometimes when you're walking by people and you notice things? Like sometimes there's something you need to do with empathy too, mm-hmm. and people love, people love that. But I also just want to call out that it's not natural to everyone. Yeah. And sometimes we have to work on it. Yeah. We have to work on it as uh-huh. well. Number six. This one you already said, but... Open-ended questions versus just yes and no. Because yes and no questions start to make you feel like an interrogation. Yes. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So I love, do you know, I love, recently somebody said to me, oh my gosh, it was at Starbucks the other day. Somebody, you know, at Starbucks usually they say, hey, how you doing? How can I, how can I help you? Right? That's a very typical opening. The guy at Starbucks the other day said, what are you doing this weekend that's interesting? Great question. I was like, well, thank you. (laughs) And somehow so much better than what are you doing this weekend? Yeah, right. Isn't that crazy? Mm Because it kind of helps your brain go to something. Mm -hmm. And maybe in that case, something you're excited about. Yep. I have have this other guy who I know that almost always asks people, what's going on in your life right now that's interesting? I mean, that's so different than how are you? Yeah. Yes. And how are you is a 
terrible question. It's very difficult it's, to answer. Well, it's Americans' way of really saying hello. Right, it is. It so we really all do is. it. I do it all the time. Even if you're horrible, you say good. But it's just a bad question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the tip I want to say there is that if you are a person that struggles being a person that people like to talk to, if you continually are that person you described in the beginning, oh, I can feel it. They're checking out. I'm not interesting. And then you start to, and you're working too hard. Honestly, use Google. Come up with good answers, um, good questions to ask people. It will help you not feel like the center of attention. And it really will make you come across like a more connected and interesting person. But be okay with the fact that you have to do a little prep work for that. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I always, gosh, this sounds nerdy. I always try to have like a couple <laughs> questions on my notes app that I could use in a conversation when it's, and because I mean, I do this for a living and it's still hard, really hard for me. Like sometimes it just feels like, what do I say here to make <laughs> help this go anywhere? And right now my questions are, um, what have you been reading lately or mm-hmm. listening to? Mm-hmm. Cause usually like people are going to read or listen to something they're interested mm-hmm. in. So mm-hmm. then it, there's interest there. It goes back mm-hmm. to what I said at the beginning. There's, they have some kind of passion around that. I like the one that you just gave. Mm-hmm. Um, but another one that's maybe more for like a, a, a dinner conversation or something more, more depth, not just pa- in passing. Uh, but I stole this one from you. And it, it's something like, if you went back and got your PhD, what would you get it on? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love mm-hmm. that question. And I oh, think like, what just, would you do deep dive research? On? Yeah, I think yeah. these, these three questions we just mentioned, help someone open up about what they're interested in. Yeah, which is, is going to go somewhere. Yep. And then guess what happens at the end of the evening? They go home and they tell their partner, I had the best night tonight because we talked about interesting things. I learned so much about people at the table today. And that's what people love. They love to learn about other human beings. Hmm. All right. This one you already mentioned as your thing you don't enjoy. (laughs) So be a person who doesn't multitask. Do not multitask when you are trying to be a person that people are connecting with. And if you have to, explain it. So do you ever have situations in which you do? Because I do. Yeah. So do you have an example of one in which... Yeah, I noticed myself being frustrated the other day because someone, I think I mentioned this, someone was asking me questions and then getting distracted. Asking me the question, getting... And I was like, don't ask me if you don't have time to listen to two sentences. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if if he would have said, sorry, I just, I, I have a bunch of stuff going on. Let me, like, let me ask come back to this later you would have felt better oh fine yeah absolutely instead i just was frustrated the rest yeah of the i'd day. rather somebody say this is a really actually busy moment i actually have to finish something right now can yeah. i get back to you i like that or sometimes i'm really excited to meet someone or like catch up with someone but i am looking for an important like call for my doctor or a kid at any moment is telling me uh, an important i just say hey i just want to let you know that i am waiting for an important text so if i'm looking at my phone it's not because i'm not interested in the conversation just, just calling that. the elephant in the room yeah that that dispels a lot of the yeah yep so we get this one a lot with managers don't we we have people tell us all the time that their managers are looking at emails while they're having like a one-on-one yes <laughs> like don't do it yeah be a person who doesn't multitask choose one thing email text or have a conversation mm-hmm. so there you go yep Number eight, I freaking love this one. If you don't know something, say you don't know. <laughs> That's gold. That's the whole thing. Cut everything out. 
That's the one. I love number eight. <laughs> That's such a good one. People We're so afraid of it, too. So afraid to just be like, nope, didn't read that book. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen? Nope. Nope. I haven't. Nope. Uh, I don't know that podcaster. Uh, and even if it feels like super important and you're supposed to, be okay with not. And in a meeting, if you feel like you're supposed to be an expert, no, actually, I, I'm not. I don't know the answer to that one. But do you? Or anyone else in this room, or I'll, I'd love to find out, you know, and get back to you. Be okay with, I just hate people who circle around and say some a little bit of something, but it was nothing. Right. And actually, the other person will then love you because they get to explain it to you. They do. <laughs> Absolutely. Or they're excited because they just opened your mind to something you didn't know. Yeah. No, that is gold. Go. That's all I got to say about that one, don't I? Mm-hmm. Yep. This one, don't equate your experience with someone else's. Oh, Guilty. So am I. <laughs> yeah, because it's a way of relating. You say something and I want to kind of weigh in with my mm-hmm. my thought or my example or my experience. Mm-hmm. And it's okay sometimes. Do you agree? Yes. I do think there are some times where you can say, actually, that's I've experienced that before, but not until you fully listened. Fully listened first before you jump in with a, hey, me too. No, that's probably a good tip is like ask a question before you jump in mm-hmm. with your stuff. Yep. And there might be, yeah, there might be more there they haven't said yet that mm-hmm. actually like your experience doesn't equate, <laughs> Yeah, but you didn't you take can- <laughs> long enough to fully understand them. Yep. And the one that I've actually read everywhere that is a big no, no, no uh-huh. is in the area of death that you actually shouldn't equate your experience with death, that you, their death experience is a very different experience than yours. And the first conversation is not a time to say, oh my, right. it's actually completely their moment and later on you can talk about that but that actually is not, uh, statistics show that it's not comforting at all it's often not comforting or you can just ask if you're not sure mm-hmm. hey would it be helpful to just for me to just listen or to tell you some of my experiences because that's one of the most uncomfortable topics for yeah. people to deal with so anyways don't assume yeah and um you, you i'm sure you've seen this because you have a little a little person in your life but people in parent groups do it more than any other group of people i've ever yeah, seen that's, that's not hard to believe yeah <laughs> they're, they're like Da-da-da-da. oh my kid too my it's like oh my gosh could we just listen to someone's story <laughs> yeah. and not equate your experience with another one so yeah i but when someone doesn't do that i really am drawn to them i'm like look at them stay just stay fully focused there all right so this is the last one and i actually saved this one as the last one because it solves for all the other ones if you really We master- like to give bonus to people who listen to the end. <laughs> right. Just- the number one thing you can do to be a person that people love to talk to is to be a self-aware person. Because all the other things fall into place with self-awareness. You will notice when to be empathetic. You will notice when to step in and out of a conversation. You will notice when to ask a question. You will notice so much. You will notice when you have started to talk too much. You will notice all the other things if you will just raise your level of self-awareness around not just you, but around everything that's happening, the place in which you're talking, whether they're in a hurry, whether... Yeah, I mean, look, aren't there? There's so many nuances happening around you, and a good conversationalist is self-aware. So raise your level of self-awareness. Pause. Take note of what's happening around you, and that solves for all of the things around being a person that people love to talk to. So 
now that you've listened to all 10, <laughs> thank you if you've hung in there. <laughs> I really love for people to say, um, just like, um, I really love for people to say, if you were to pick one, we can't change all 10. We can't. We're like, oh, oh my gosh. Which one? And you don't have to pick number 10 because I said it was the most important. Now you gotta. <laughs> well, I wanted to pick eight, but now you forced me. Right, right. Which one kind of like of all the ones, and you don't even have to answer unless you want to, but I will also tell you which one. Like each one of us has one that we have to work on, but I'd love the listener to just say, which one really do I want to start with? Because that's where we start to make change in our life. We make change when we pick one thing and we start to notice it in others and in ourselves and we master it. And then when we master that one, we move on to the next one. And then we master that one. And then we move on to the next one. We cannot master 10 things. We can't. It's impossible. That's how I, I've actually become a better public speaker. It was not because I mastered all those public speaking skills at once. I mastered one small thing at a time. Okay. I am going to challenge myself here. Okay. I am going to ask you and everyone else on the team out of the 10, which one I need Maybe I'll be gracious to, not which one I need to work on the most. Maybe I'll be a little more gracious to myself. Which one, which one do you think I would benefit from focusing on? Um, because I think for people leaders who we work with, this is such an easy win that solves so many of the problems that they're bringing to us. Mm-hmm. It's like, just understand these, 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 the area right. that, that is causing the most problems for you. Mm-hmm. So you can, again, be aware of it, be a student of yourself and just start to notice it so that you can um, grow and change. So I'm committing to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that this week. I'm going to ask everyone, um, which one do you think I should pay attention to? And I hope if you lead people and you're listening to this, that you um, can do the same. One of the really fun things about our monthly membership at Greenhouse is the monthly masterclass because each month we focus on a topic that everyone's saying they want to hear more about, but also change and make uh, some kind of pivot in, in their life and in their work. And the topic that's been coming up a lot lately is not just how do I talk about myself, but, but why is it so hard to do that? Why do I struggle so much? to figure out how to talk about myself and then actually do it in the situations I need. So this month, our topic, our monthly masterclass is on how workshopping, why is it so hard to talk about yourself and how do I actually come up with the words that I can use in conversations? So that is happening tomorrow. If you want to join this masterclass, jump into our membership today so that you can get into the event tomorrow. Again, you go to greenhouseculture.co slash membership and you can join today. It's really affordable. It allows you to kind of try it for free first and you can join the masterclass to kind of workshop and have the words you need to be able to answer the question. So tell me about yourself or what do you do? Or just being able to um, talk about yourself confidently and with clarity. 